peanut butter and mountain fans today we have on conley harris from harris hikers she's an outdoor influencer that is also going to school to become a teacher so we have a ton of great conversations on here particularly about being an outdoor content creator and then also her time on the wonderland trail if you're a conley harris or a harris hikers fan this is going to be a great episode for you so keep on listening see you there. Uh, Conley and I met last week because we did a little collab post and I was quite fascinated with everything that she has going on and how she still maintains the enough energy and motivation to create content because from what I understand she's not only going to school she's not only playing volleyball but she does this all while having a fiance now and then also trying to fit in creating content. So tell me all about this. How do you balance it? I'm sure you don't. Give me the gist. First off, Chad, I'm honored to be here. I love this podcast. And so <laughs> it's you. also so great meeting fellow outdoorsy content creators. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I started making content around the same time Chad did actually. And that's how we kind of became friends. Um, about in like 2021, we started making like a lot of hiking content. And I was a sophomore in college at this point, so I was 20 years old, and started making a lot of this hiking content, and um, and I kind of led to this journey of becoming a full-time content creator and making enough money to to be to do that and be an influencer, and it's been really fun. But thing is that I started young, and so I'm not done with school yet. So, and I'm a beach volleyball player um, in college. So I am a I'm a student teacher. I'm getting my teaching credential right now. I'm getting my teaching credential. While I'm playing beach volleyball, at the same time having to do class and the whole thing, I'm, I'm in the classroom every day and making content, publishing about three to four videos a day. So that's, that's been the life recently. I wake up, go to practice at 5 a.m., then I create content, go to student teaching, come back, create more content, go to class, and make more content before bed. That's my daily schedule. Wow. Okay. So everybody that wants to be a content creator, they're like, I don't have time. Da 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 da. I've heard it yeah. all, right? <laughs> and so, what do you think it's been for you? How, how? What is the motivation there for you to do all that? Right. I think I know Chad. You can probably relate to. Send. I've seen some of your videos about this. I so deeply in my soul, and a lot of us outdoorsy people can relate to this, believe that I was not meant for an office job. I was not meant to sit on my butt all day, and um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but work at a computer. Like, I'm just so, like, adventurous, outdoorsy. I love traveling, and I wanted a career that would allow me to do that, which is partly why I'm getting my teaching credential. Um, so that's kind of, like, what I was – that was my goal, and that was my plan, and so I saw this huge opportunity. Um, I, I had a – I started a hiking page. So I was like, you know what? Like, if I can make this grow, this could literally be my career. Because, like, we started seeing a lot of influencers be successful. And I'm like, ah, that is, like, the dream. So I think just like that, like, knowing myself so deeply and knowing, like, what my heart and soul wanted out of life, I knew that, like, I need to step it up and be like, okay, like, I, I, this has the potential to be a career, but I have to give it my 100%. And so I think that when you have that in the back of your mind, like, knowing what your, what your soul wants and longs for, and then it, I think it becomes a little bit easier it's like your baby, right? It's kind of when you have your own business. It's like your child. And so it doesn't feel like you're working when you're working. It's like, I'm, I'm building and I'm building a following. I'm building an empire. I'm building something. If that makes any sense. Awesome. Awesome. So you were self-aware enough at that young of an age to know that, Hey, going into a job, isn't, you know, into an office every single day, isn't going to be fitting for me. I need to, I have an opportunity though, here with this, this content after it started popping off. And so I'm going to try to give myself as much opportunity as I can to leverage that after I graduate 
and hopefully then maybe turn that into my career. What are you doing then with with your with your teaching then around this? Because you're going to be graduating this year. Yeah. So I, even though like I had this like passion, this dream since like 2020, 2021 to like do this hiking thing and be a hiking content creator and be in the outdoor space, I wasn't quite sure yet. So I, it's three semesters. My, my, um, my student teaching is. So I wasn't sure if I was going to make enough money. I was at that point, I was only making a thousand a month. So I was like, I can't make a career off of this quite yet. So as a backup plan, I had my volleyball scholarship. So I was like, you know what? I can get my teaching credential for a very low price. I might as well get that while I'm doing still making my content because like if this doesn't work out, at least I'll have my teaching credential. And so there I was three semesters ago getting my teaching credential only making a thousand dollars a month. But now since probably the last like six months, I've been really able to make a lot more money being a, a, a hiking content creator, outdoor space content creator. And now I'm kind of at a point, point where I'm like, I don't need my teaching credential. So it's kind of funny how it worked out, but I'm really glad that I'm fishing out and getting it just as like a, like a backup plan or just to have in my back pocket. Got it. Got it. Okay. So right now it's, it's, it's a, it's a good plan B for you. So you don't have to totally, totally rely on the outdoor content. If it didn't work out, you kind of have that thing sitting there that you can go to kind of anytime if you really want to. So that probably is a good feeling. Yeah. And, and Chad, like, here's the thing is that like, yeah, teaching the plan B at this point, like I am going to do everything in my power to make this. I mean, I'm already making it work, but I'm going to do everything in my cat power to continue to make this work. And living in Southern California, it's expensive to live here. So you gotta, you gotta really be on your A game. And I know you probably relate to, cause you just, I know that you just quit your job and are doing um, content creation full time right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. And now the thing I'm running into right now is you need the cash flow to live. Mm-hmm. And so that usually entails working with brands right. is the most part, right? That's usually how you get paid the most. But you also don't want to sacrifice your your own personal brand in the mm-hmm. mix, if that makes sense. So you want to yeah. make sure you're dedicating that time to both of them. But it's, you know you might not be seeing it from your personal brand right away. But it's a, like a long-term thing that I've been mm-hmm. seeing. Like That's kind of like the long-term thing that I'm looking at because – I don't really want to work for brands the rest of my life. I'm grateful to do that. It's super mm-hmm. fun, but it is almost like having a boss still. You still have, mm-hmm. we talked about it before where brands will come back and you edit something that you really are proud of. And then they're like, oh, well, can you actually fix X, Y, yeah. and Z? And you're like, that was the best part of the video. Right. <laughs> you know. That's the worst. Yeah. So yeah, balancing all that kind of stuff. But I, I think it's, I think it's a great move what you're doing. I think having that backup plan. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect. I think it's going to work out for you really well. So how, how do you feel like you're, where do you, what's the direction your content's going to take once you don't have volleyball, you don't have student teaching anymore. You're going to have all this time. Right. What's that going to look like? Yeah. I think that like, I mean, like, honestly, like right now, like during all my outdoor content and all that, like I, I basically like, get a ton during the summer and then use that throughout the year. And so it's going to be nice to be able to get a lot more travel more, use a lot more of that content like week by week, instead of like having to like, get a ton on one trip, that type of, I'm going to have a lot more time to go out and get content. But I really would something that like, I would love to do is get more into long form YouTube content, which I know Chad, you're killing it at that right now. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, like getting into the long form content, I think, I, I think that's, that's at the end of the game, like, 
that's the end game, I think, is is being a long form content creator, even like those YouTube ads and you just getting you monotonize and get yeah. a lot of money from that too. And I think yeah. that's something I'd want to dive into, but I literally do not have the physical time to yeah. do that right now. And I mean like YouTube shorts have been successful. I think I'm at almost seventeen K subscribers just from YouTube shorts. So wow. that's that's been that's been really great. I'm really thankful for that. But I definitely long form is was why I'm trying to go. And yeah. yeah, I think my content will still be will definitely be um, catered to the outdoors because like that that's where my passion lies, and that's what I, I just love. Now the the YouTube Shorts is super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I have had some that really pop off, mm-hmm. but you tell me you tell me if this is what your content looks like. Sometimes you'll upload the the piece of content, you'll look at your analytics, and it'll be flat, and all of a sudden, boom, it'll go straight up, and then all of a sudden it'll flatline again. Yeah, what is up with that? I I literally I there is no consistency to what goes viral on YouTube shorts is none. Like some of my most wacky wild, I put two seconds of effort into it videos go viral on YouTube shorts. And I'm like, I don't even know why, like it's just so random. And I feel like that maybe because like they haven't developed the algorithm that much for YouTube. Maybe that could be a reason why, but I feel like even sometimes I feel that way on TikTok too, on Instagram, I'm like, I usually know which videos are going to do well, but it's usually the ones on TikTok and YouTube where I'm like, it's it's usually a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the algorithm like at plays mm-hmm. much more of a part on those two apps than Instagram. Dude, totally agree. I've seen t- TikToks, one that you used to be able to really depend on, I feel like for a lot of views. Mm-hmm. And now it's now it's just a crapshoot of what goes and what doesn't. I don't know. I totally agree with that. Like I don't when we first started uploading on TikTok, which is early 2021, I remember that like my videos were just consistently getting the same amount of views. It's very consistent now. Like it's so inconsistent. And like, I don't know, like also I have a much younger following on TikTok. And so it's like weird because I'm like posting to different age groups on each different platform. So it's just kind of weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could that could definitely have something to do with it. Freaking well, we had like I said, we had Casey on last week and she's someone that has been, I think, been doing very consistent on TikTok. So well. And and I think that she does a really good job of she's able to connect with her community very well. I mm-hmm. feel like her community like really they really get along well. She will respond to comments and things like that. And mm-hmm. but but what TikTok kind of reminds me of now is almost Instagram stories. Like yeah. uh-huh. type content. Yeah, something like that when you're really sharing that personal life because you can't really get that personal with people on TikTok because of the DM feature. I, I can't DM people on there anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've definitely taken a page out of Casey's book. Casey, if you're watching this, thank you. She mm-hmm. really does. If you go to any of her videos, it's like 400 comments on any video. And it's like, and it's crazy because she has like such like a personal relationship with each person on TikTok, which is a testament to her. That's something I haven't, I don't feel like I've been able to do well on TikTok. I mean, like as well on Instagram. So like on Instagram mm-hmm. is a little bit of a different story, but like she's been, she's been killing it. It's very personal. Like a lot of like the get ready with me videos, a lot of the come with me to go skiing for the day. Like a lot of like personal videos are doing well on TikTok right now. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Super yeah. interesting. Kudos to you, Casey. So always killing it. So yeah. which, which we're talking about all these platforms, which one is your favorite to create on? In order to become a successful creator, you need to optimize your workflow. So I'm going to include a link below in the description for a copy of our free customizable content calendar, which is going to enable you to save hours of your time creating content every single week. A ton of people have picked this up already and we've been hearing great things about it. Now, the caveat to this is you need to learn how to fill that content calendar with valuable content. 
Nobody wants to spend hours filming and editing just for their video to flop. And for that, I invite you to check out our Outdoor Creator Academy course. You know how you download a GPX track or trail from something like All Trails to your phone for your hikes? Usually that's the most direct route from point A to B. And if you didn't have it, you'd be marching around all over the place. It would actually take you hours more of your time to get to your destination and back. I want you to think of the Outdoor Creator Academy as that track, but instead of saving you hours, you're saving years of your time. This is a great time of the year to start educating yourself on how social media works versus what makes content that flops. Alex Ramosi once said, when faced with the choice of investing money in the S&P 500 versus educating myself, educating myself has produced by far the highest return on investment. And that's what this course will give you. And probably, honestly, Instagram. And that's simply because I feel like I really genuinely got to know a lot of my followers and like have seen yeah. them from day one. And I, and like I said, like Instagram is the first platform I started on. So like, I have like people who've like followed me since I literally had like 200 followers on Instagram. Right, right, right. And I really, and you, it's cool. Cause like, I feel like that there's just more of a personal relationship. I can answer questions. I can kind of see the vibe. I can see who's reposting my videos. Um, and so for that reason, I really enjoy Instagram and not to say I don't love TikTok, but oftentimes like there's like that weird percentage where it's just like 30% random old men that I literally just like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I don't know who these people are. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's just kind of weird. So, um, but not to say that I have, I don't have, I do have great connections on TikTok with some people, but like, it's just much, much less. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, 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 that way too. Yeah. No. I, and I agree with that. I, I think that Instagram is really great for community building for me. And I think TikTok's more of like, I'm looking more at like SEO type stuff, search engine optimization, yeah. things mm -hmm. like tips and things like that, that would live there for a long time. But for the most part, yeah, my community, I think is being built more on Instagram and YouTube. And I like how you're talking about getting into long form mm -hmm. YouTube. And that actually, cause did you make some kind of something for your Wonderland trail? I did. Yeah. I mean, like okay. not in, I, I'm not very good at editing long form, so it's not very great, but I do have a Wonderland trail vlog on there. Yeah. How was that to film? Was it fun? Was it challenging? <laughs> so you know how it goes. The last thing you do is when you've hiked 20 miles yeah. is to take out your camera and vlog. I will be honest. It was like, sometimes I'm just like, I just want to fall on the ground and start mm. crying right now. Especially because mm. that trail is, I mean, it, it, that trail's hard. Um, I mean, our average elevation gain a day was almost 6,000 feet. So it was just, it was just gnarly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that trail, it, I'm really glad I did vlog because I even like my sister would be like, you need to get out your camera and vlog. Like, just do it. Like, even if it's like, like, even if you don't think you can be into it. Cause like the, but, like, the funniest clips in that vlog are me just like pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed yeah. that I'm videoing. I'm pissed that I'm vlogging. I'm like absolutely exhausted. But I'm glad I'm glad I did it, and I know you probably feel the same way when you've left the JMT. Like, I'm sure like some of the last the last things you wanted to do after you've hiked a long day was take out your camera and vlog, and then rewalk where you walked mm -hmm. and set down your mm -hmm. camera to film you walking. Like it's it's yeah. kind of it's like it's fun, but at the same time, it's like it, it, it's hard. Yeah. So so you so you hated it in the moment, but looking back on it, you're glad you did it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's but like a bittersweet type of thing. Like I'm, I'm, I, I will definitely for like the next show which we do, we'll definitely do the same thing. A vlog. Yeah. I, th I, I always describe it to people as it's a second type of discipline. Like you have already the discipline of hiking the trail, but now you mm -hmm. have to times it times two. And just like you're saying, you're going back and forth, getting your camera, you're talking to the camera when you don't feel like it, you're hungry, mm -hmm. you're tired, you're, you're, you haven't slept, but 
that makes the most compelling parts of the videos. Yes. That's what people are always mm -hmm. commenting on. That's where my most of my retention is and all of that uh -huh. kind of stuff. So it does it does pay off and it's great to rewatch it because it puts you back in there. Totally. That's like that is, honestly, for even if it wasn't for like the views, just to have and like relive those moments on the trail are so special. And like I've done other through hikes I haven't vlogged and I regret it. So I'm really yeah. glad I did that one. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about tell me a little bit about the Wonderland Trail. That's in Washington State, it's around Mount Rainier. And was that the first time you were in Washington State? Yes. Yeah. No, you're going to actually cringe at this, but we flew to Washington without a, a permit to do the trail. We oh, like wow. flew there. We, we knew a friend that lived there. So we got, we used his car and we walked up and we're like, well, we sure hope we mm -hmm. get a permit. It was me and my, and one of my friends, my sister. And, um, and like, but like the permits, um, there's only, we can only do it a certain amount of days. So we did it in like six right. and a half days. So, I mean, it was, it's, it's tough and it's because it's not like you're scaling any crazy mountains on that trail. It's a lot of like the hills surrounding Mount Rainier. But so you wouldn't think it would be that much elevation gain until you get on the trail. And I was like tracking every day. I'm like, we're almost at 6,000 feet every day. And so yeah. that was, and there's, and since we did in six days, we didn't do a food cache. And so, um, which I kind of wish we did because we had to carry a lot of food. But yeah, it, it was, it, it was an awesome, probably the most gorgeous trail I've ever done, but also very challenging. Was it was it different on different areas of the mountain? Because you're going in a circle, right? So was every area kind of different? Every yeah, right. I, there is so something that I found was funny in the Facebook in the Wonderland Trail Facebook group is someone who commented, "Wonderland is an ecosystem of its own." <laughs> it's like the most mm. it's the most true thing. Like you start on like the, if you start in Longmire, which is the south side, it's like really hot and like and like humid almost, and then you go around like towards the the. Um, you're going clockwise you're going like to like the west and then the north or the east and the north <laughs> my directions um it yeah. gets um really cold and so like it gets a little bit more mountainous and cold and then like you go back to the other side it's like more foresty and so mm -hmm. it like kind of change it literally change as you circle the mountain it, like the the atmosphere the weather like everything changes and it's, it's honestly remarkable it's so cool and that, that's mm -hmm. what's special about these volcanoes here in mm -hmm. In the Pacific Northwest, you got it's the same thing with the Timberline Trail and Hood, Lewis right. Trail mm -hmm. on, on Helens. Everything is like so vastly different. Some of my favorite experiences around volcanoes. Now you went also. This was during a what month did you go? We went in July. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. was a high snow year though. So you probably had some snow. Yeah. We. You know what was the craziest thing? We didn't have. And when we went to the north side, there was a little bit of snow, but nothing. We needed like micro spikes or anything. Um, but it's so not much ice, but we did because there was so much snow melt. We had to do a lot of river crossings that were pretty like treacherous. Yeah. So we almost had to like, we had to calculate the times we were crossing the river because the, the flow would be higher at the end of the day, mm -hmm. like in the afternoon, mm -hmm. but then would be lower in the morning. So we had to strategically plan our days to cross the rivers in the mornings, if that makes sense. Yes. Great so. tips. Great tips there. Yeah. Especially on a high snow year. Yep. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. You get colder obviously during the night so the glaciers aren't melting so you have a lower flow rate and then but towards the end right. of the day when it starts heating up yes a lot of flow right. yeah would you Those would you were, consider doing wonderland oh yeah i would love to we were yeah. thinking about possibly doing a fast pack of it maybe mm -hmm. in like three days or something but yeah I, i'm not sure i it might be one that i really want to like kind of enjoy i know i did talk to a couple of gals that i finished the jmt with and they were like oh yeah it was tough 
Mm-hmm. They're like the up and down. And I, I had a buddy that tried to do it in three days and he like had to get off on the second day because he's like, there's no way I'm going to make it in three. And so, yeah, I, they're, here there's a lot of vert with it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what's crazy is that like if you take it side by side with the JMT, I mean, like JMT, I'm sure is more treacherous because like actually mount, like going up mountains and like lot, like the terrain's rockier, but like it's like underrated. Like it's a lot. But yeah. I have, Chad, you've done a lot of terrain running. I have no doubt that you could. Um, fast pack the Wonderland Trail. Nice. You're you're you're, awesome. you're an advanced one. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I think I think it'd be super fun. I yeah, the J. You're totally right. The JMT is just so freaking rocky. When mm-hmm. I came from the JMT back to the PMW, I was like, these are like manicured trails. These are oh. amazing. You know, <laughs> it was it was great. It was great. So what do you got? Do you got the JMT plan this year? Don't you? I do. So I I've been like trying not to speak it into the universe right now because. The last couple of times we've tried to do the JMT, like crazy crap has happened. Like uh, we were supposed to actually do this past summer, but um, my sister would, I got hired for a teaching job and then lost it and had to get rehired. So we literally couldn't go. She didn't have a job. And the year before that, one of the girls that we were supposed to go with got in a car accident. It was like this whole thing. So Jeez. we're like, it's been like kind of like bad luck. So the plan is to do it this year in July. But just me and my sister. But I mean, we're just trying not to like talk about it. Like, you know what? Like, we're just going to see what happens. And then if not, we actually want to talk to you about this. Because if we don't do the JMT, we're thinking about doing the Tahoe Rim Trail. And I know that you've you've biked it or something like that. And so mm-hmm. bike packed yeah. it. So I was wondering if it was worth it or not to, to <laughs> do it. Not to bike pack, right. but to through hike it. Yeah, that's that's right. I actually got Delaney hit me up on the question part and asked about the TRT. Yeah. Yeah. So so the the bike the bike route shares a little bit of the TRT, mm-hmm. but obviously not all of it because of the wilderness areas. You can't have the bike. And but it was it was really cool. It was it was really cool. It was a it was a great time. I think the TRT seems to be a through hike that people usually start on. So mm-hmm. it's like because there's so much you're around a lot of you're not like far from civilization a lot of times mm-hmm. i think but it does give you a taste of that sierra nevada rocky mm-hmm. type of stuff that you would experience on the jmt so it was really cool it reminded me of the jmt a little bit it was tough on a bike with going up over those rocks and things oh yeah you know, which really sucks but yeah i mean it's totally something that i if i didn't do the the bike packing i would totally have done it like through hiking and yeah. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. The lake is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then again, same with like the volcano, you see your progress almost as you're going around it, which is really, really neat. So yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, like so I'm glad you think it's worth it because that was like kind of our, our backup plan this year. So we'll see what happens. But I know there's gonna yeah. be this year's had a crazy amount of snow too. So we'll see how it goes with that. Yeah, yes, yeah. So probably some river crossings again, but hey, now you're a veteran of it. So now I know. Of the river. Now I know. Yeah, also, yeah. this is a tip I heard from one of my followers that, which I feel kind of stupid that I didn't know this, but you know, you, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, you, when you cross the river, you're supposed to unpu- unbuckle your, your pack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did I not know this? I don't know. I could have died. But yeah, um, yeah crossing the river, unbuckle your pack so that if you do fall in and it takes you with it, you can at least get rid of your pack and swim to the side yeah. or whatever. No kidding. It's not weighing you down like a giant boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you got all that food in there. Well, cool. So I had, so I asked a couple questions on from Instagram to see if, what people had for questions for you. And okay. before I had to put my phone in airplane mode because of the Wi-Fi issue, because I don't want to have too many things on Wi-Fi. But I had some questions from actually my buddy that I was just, I'm, <laughs> this was actually really funny. He's another videographer and I met him January one 
climbing. Mm-hmm. We were up on Mount Hood together. And then all of a sudden I'm ski touring two days ago and we get up to this rock that we're climbing and there he is again. And I'm like, what's up, Kevin, man? That's awesome. Anyway, so Kevin Macklin, shout out to him. Great yeah. dude. So he, he had a couple questions. So number one is when you're on an adventure, what do you look for in having uh, bringing an adventure buddy along? Like what are the what are the things that what are the core foundations of personality or drive and motivation do you need from an adventure buddy? That's a really, it's a really great question because it's such a specific type of person. It really is. Um, and I don't know if you've seen, I made some like hiker equation videos where like I talk about like the, the classic traits, characteristics that make up hikers. And I think that those videos are so funny. But um, yeah, I think that a couple traits that you have to look for is someone who's low maintenance. You can't be on the trail with someone who's a high maintenance person. You just so, okay. I got to stop you for a second. Yeah. I love that. You nailed that. Because I was wondering how I would answer this question. That is, you nailed it. That's great. Anyway, keep going. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, true, it's though. Like, if they're, if you're just like, you know those people, they're just like high maintenance. And maybe they just don't want to backpack, and that's fine. They can do them. But, like, they, like, you can't, if you're doing, like, a an intense backpacking trip, you need someone who has seen the dark. You know, you need someone who's been through <laughs> some sort of trauma. You need someone who, not, and that sounds so dark, but you know what I mean? Like, you need someone who's been yeah. through hard things in life. Because when you're on mile 17 and you have to climb up another mountain and you have 3,000 feet left, like, it takes a certain amount of grit to get up there. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to have, like, a, a gritty personality. You can't just be someone who, like, has had, like, an easy life, hasn't really been through, like, intense workouts before. Like, you got you, you, you to gotta have that, like, sense about you to be a hiker. And, like, it's funny because we laugh about it, but it's, like, so true. Like, you have to have people like that. Um, another thing is... Um, I think even for like a safety thing, you have to have people that are level-headed and not super emotional. Um, I think that because if like something happens, like something goes down, like you need to have some people that are going to act rationally and not be stupid and make dumb decisions. Because you, because at the end of the day, if someone makes a dumb decision and like does something stupid, then you're risking your life to help them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also important. And it's funny because like the, my, my sister and then my friend that we backpack with, they would say like, I'm the more emotional one after all of all of us, but like, I'm not like, I'm going to go take a risk type of emotional, but like, I'm like freaked out about bears. I'm like that person, which I'm probably so annoying about, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'd say those are the, the big, the big things to look out for in adventure buying. And you have to like, like them too, because when you're just, when you get to those parts where it's like a flat part and you're just walking, you you need to talk to someone else. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Like there needs to be a good combo. So I'd say a good com- conversationalist too. And can laugh awesome. in the pain, can laugh in the pain. Yeah. That's a big one. Can laugh through the awesome. pain. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So got to be low maintenance. And you also shoot. What was the second one? And you also have to have you have to have the grit. Like you're saying, there is a lot of dark places on the trail. And I yeah, yeah, I almost prefer people that have some demons because you need to have a couple demons on you when you're doing some of this stuff. Right. So true. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Well, his second his second question was and this is a really good question, too, is how do you capture, how do you balance capturing content while also still enjoying the experience? Mm, that's, that's a really good question. And I think that sometimes I have to take a step back and think like when I go into the trail, I have a lot of goals for like, I want this footage. I want this video. I want this picture, yeah. but like something that I have to like reframe my mindset. And I had to do this. I went snowshoeing in Telluride, Colorado a couple months ago. And I had to, I, this was like a trip that I really had to reframe and be like, me getting that video is never worth missing out on a present real human experience. Mm. Uh, 
And so like that, it's never worth it. And so like, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to put myself in a place where I'm stressing out and anxious that I didn't get a video or a picture. If I do happen to get the video in the picture, great. But I never make it something to stress out about. And at the end of the day, like if I am really existing and feel really present in the moment and like, I mean, I'm in God's creation. I'm really like, just feel like in the moment, I'm not going to bring out the camera if I feel like it's going to ruin the moment and bring anxiety to me. And I, I don't know if you, you might feel the same way too, if, as I know that you do a lot of videoing on the trail. So, but yeah. you kind of have to set boundaries for yourself for sure. Ooh, that's a good, that's, that's really good. Set boundaries. So, and your boundary is, Hey, I'm not going to let it taint my personal real life experience that I'm experiencing for the sure. visceral thing that I'm seeing right now that I came out here for in the first place. Right. And like, I think that, yeah, that, that's it's so true. And like, I think if, and if I'm at a place where I am anxious around the camera or like, it's making me like feel stressful. I was won't even bring it on the trailer. I will film very, very little. Um, mm. and yeah, that's just something I have to put the foot down because I love hiking for hiking at the end of the day. I don't love, I love hiking. I love that I get to take videos on the trail, but it's not why I love the trail. Love it. I love it. I love it. Very, very good answers there. And I hope that helps Kevin. Like I said, Kevin's a, also a videographer too. So yeah, I, I, I think too, that for me, like the filming, sometimes it can enhance the experience because mm-hmm. you're really, you're looking for minute things in mm-hmm. your landscape that maybe you wouldn't feel, notice, I guess. So like some of the macro shots too, but yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you're going to get more into the long form type of stuff too. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're gonna have a lot of fun with that. I mean, I think yeah. as a video creator that you're already doing, I think it's natural to go to either long form or short form or short form to long form. And it's like, YouTube's my favorite place to create on by far. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. Yeah. You can be just so much more creative and, and all that stuff. So totally. Yeah. I love watching your, your long form YouTube videos are my favorite. Like, Oh, uh, we, I have like, a, we have like a projector back here in my living room and my sons will put like, not like a creepy way, but we'll put like your, your videos up, like to get, like to take notes about like the JMT or to like think like how, how nice. has experience on this trail. And like, well, like, and you're just really great at creating long form content. Oh, uh, I appreciate that. That, that, that yeah. makes me feel really good. Cause, and that was, you know, I was, that was all shot on my phone, you know, all that type of stuff. And first kind of through hike and it was really kind of a crap shoot there, but I'm so glad I did it. It was such a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, Conley, I don't want to take up any more of your time because you're an extremely busy person. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of content to create after this, right? And I could give you this whole thing. You could cut it up into clips if you want to or things like that. Yeah. But I I super appreciate you coming on. You are a uh, definitely an inspiration, especially for me, um, you know, coming out and now doing this as my full-time job, seeing you again balancing everything and i know how that is right yeah and you're just you're still grinding you're still crushing and we love to see that and everybody that's listening to this like it's definitely possible i mean she's extremely busy and yeah we didn't even talk about the wedding or anything like that but when when is that um that's in december december 22nd 2023 so that's and you know what like i we've kind of decided that it's going to be a very low budget wedding we don't need to be doing any like spending going into debt taking out any loans mm-hmm. for a wedding so it's doing it at my parents' house, making it pretty casual. Um, awesome. So that's what that's what it's gonna be. So it's not gonna be anything crazy, but it's gonna be simple and nice. Do you know Do you know when you're gonna get married? Ah, great question. I think it's gonna be when we move to Wyoming. Again, same thing with you. Low budget, just gonna mm-hmm. be family, no kind of ceremony. I 
I, well, I could riff on this for a long time about like yeah. how much, how expensive things are and how much people will pay for this when there's just way better ways to spend your money, in my opinion, uh, rather than rather than on that. But I'm not going to get into that because I'll probably piss people, a lot of people off. But yeah, <laughs> I just that's think that so there's a lot of good ways to, to spend your money. And um, you definitely want to put some towards that. But, you know, not 20 grand. I don't I don't see that. Yeah, literally, literally, no, like it's and in California, like you can't get a venue for cheaper than 20 grand. Like you just yeah. can't like so it's like yeah. it's almost like you kind of got if you if you want to have a cheap wedding, you got to accept that it's going to be small and it's going to be like more like home or at a home or at, like someone, you know's house. There's so. nothing wrong with that at all. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. Well, Conley, it's been a great time. Super appreciate you coming on the Peanut Butter Mountains podcast. And we'll probably have you on another time. If that's cool. Yeah, thank you, Chad, so much. It's so great being here.